Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you did the countdown because I wasn't live yet, but here we are. We're alive now. And welcome to anyone who is joining us on LinkedIn. We really appreciate you um, participating today. Mm -hmm. And I will keep an eye open on the chat in case you have any questions. But uh, I want to start our chat today by just explaining that as we approach the crossroads of our 60th birthday and beyond, it's mm -hmm. exciting to know that we have more choices than ever before. This is a time when many of us take stock of our lives and we contemplate what's next. Okay, so we might intentionally decide to use our skills and experience to become advocates for special causes. And then there's some of us who become what I call the accidental advocates as we take on caregiving responsibilities. My guest today is passionate about advocating for families in transition and for multi-generational family business enterprises, wishing to strengthen the unity and the commitment between the business and the family relationships. Mm -hmm. So Larissa is a tenured family law lawyer and is mm -hmm. also certified as a family enterprise advocate. I'm sorry, advisor, <laughs> partnering with multi-generational family enterprises across Canada, US and Europe. Larissa inspires the involvement of the next generations in the family business and assists in consensual dispute resolution, readiness and governance, governance practices. Larissa, Larissa is going to help us to explore why and how self-care matters so that you can experience fulfillment when you're advocating for others. Advocating for others can be taxing on our energy and yet so gratifying. So I want to welcome Larissa. How are you doing, Larissa? Excellent. Thank you so much for having me, Patricia. I'm honored to be your guest today. Yeah, I'm honored to have you too because uh, self-care is an important topic. Uh, however, I think there's something like when I mentioned accidental advocates as well, that can take us by surprise. But today you're going to explain to us why self-care matters to professionals when they're working with families in transition. So why is self-care so important if you're working with families in transition? When we think about working with families, we forget that we are stepping into a family which is not ours, that we're stepping into perhaps a very heavy conflict or perhaps a family that is just beginning on the preliminary steps of separating. So we have to make sure that we maintain our care for ourselves. And so since you and I first spoke about self-care for advocates, I've delved deeper and wish to present an eight-point strategy for professionals gleaned from the work I do with families. Okay, so are you ready to do that today on our call? I am, and here's the list. Number one, advocacy is a component of leadership. We have the experience or we learn as we go. And I'm drawn to mentoring and coaching. And in those activities, you can easily lose yourself in the dilemmas and the conflicts you hear every day. So self-care, step above to take an aerial view to regain your purpose and use your peripheral vision to learn more. Mm -hmm. Number two, develop and rely on multidisciplinary teams. That means don't remain in a silo separated from everyone else. Like an orchestra, 
specialists lead their section and the conductor leads the interdependent units to share the same vision and work together. How little the conductor needs to do to demonstrates their leadership skills. A strong cultural identity and building aligned values include ongoing education to nurture inquisitive minds. So self-care, find gratitude in the lessons your colleagues can teach you. Mm-hmm. Number three, look from a different perspective. Service isn't demeaning unless you allow yourself to feel that way. Self-care It's a noble pursuit and undertaking. So believe in that pursuit and bring dignity to the task. Number four, develop profound, unwavering trust to rely on each other. That will allow you to step away for time alone, for maybe an intense workout, time with your tribe, support group, or a spiritual gathering. Knowing that trusting environment exists Don't let an unkind remark become a wrench in your work. Here's a self-worth affirmation for self-care. You offer value and you are of value. Number five, companies are organic, not rational. So ask for what are the circumstances? What's the rationale for this request? Do you have any specific outcomes you want? Is there any leeway in the mandate you're giving me? It's not your fault if a great presentation wasn't accepted as you anticipated. There's lots behind the scenes that you'll never, ever know about. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So self-care. Here, the skill of improvising makes a difficult situation manageable and oftentimes very successful. Mm -hmm. I recall coming to a stalemate in a collaborative negotiation. I paused and looked into each person's eyes. And then I realized there's just no magic in the room. (laughs) So I invited everyone to step away from the conference table to go for a walk outside. I learned a lot about who paired up with whom, what they talked about. And I learned some key ideas from simply listening as we walked. Mm -hmm. So self-care, improvising broke the stalemate and doing an activity together rekindled some level of trust among family members, which was faltering at the conference table. Mm -hmm. Number six, pause before saying yes or no. If we are uncomfortable not to respond immediately to a charming appeal for our services, a pregnant pause can give you the moment to assess what this opportunity means to you. Mm -hmm. Self-assessment of your strengths, time, interest, and for me, Is there joy in this project? Mm -hmm. Number seven, when conversations become heated, there may be a lashing out. The self-care response, step out. Mm -hmm. If I'm leading the collaboration, I will call a break. How long depends on the urgency of getting the work completed, the value to the company or to the spouses. Not responding as quickly as some may demand may lead to anger and unprofessional conduct. Mm-hmm. Explore carefully what's behind the heightened urgency. That will tell you a lot. You'll learn more by asking open-ended curious questions without judgments, without assumptions, and absolutely no element of bias. So self-care, the element of self-awareness here 
is not to carry the invective or the negativity outside the meeting. Mm. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And number eight has two parts. <laughs> so we can call it eight and nine. <laughs> okay, a bonus, right? <laughs> it's a bonus, it's a bonus. And the big title is Confidence is Sustainable. So part one, values matter. Strong aligned values are invincible. Learn what values your clients cherish and uphold. Ask what and not why. Look mm. at the company's promotional material. Obtain permission to speak to tenured employees to learn how values may have changed over time and why. Mm. Finding alignment brings a sense of dignity. Self-care mm. is unity and respect for each other. Mm. And the second part of confidence is sustainable is be confident to ask for help. Asking demonstrates strength. No one has to know your fears or challenges. And to ask help from colleagues, your own coach or mentor, dissipates the voices in our heads. And we have those a lot. And if we start to listen to them, that can bring harm to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can become calm and project that calmness to others because we were confident enough to ask for help. Mm -hmm. So that's my deep dive. <laughs> that was a deep dive. And I hope that you have documented this so that you can share this uh, for anyone who uh, wants that list because you talking about it, I know there were certain things that hit me as, as being a professional and when I'm working with someone, uh, you know, even the, the bit about how much I carry in the empathy for mm -hmm. my clients sometimes that can get me into that situation of being that double sword of I want to be empathetic, but also I have to be very careful about my own emo emotional health as well, that it doesn't come back on me. Right. Uh, exactly. So I think one of the important things that you and I talked about is how do we do this authentically like you just gave us a list which is it's like a checklist but how do we do it authentically and how do we do it safely while we're working with or especially with you uh working with families that are going through some kind of conflict or at least they're going through some kind of upheaval in uh, moving their business forward to the next generations how do we do that's, it authentically and safely that's an excellent question and that takes a lot of uh, self-confidence because when we are advocating we are always at the center of our own being in control mm -hmm. how i assert and maintain that control are boundaries and they are appropriate for me and my work those boundaries keep me authentic to myself they keep me centered and they keep me healthy to the best of my ability mm -hmm. so I'm able to be more aware if I'm alert when I secure those personal boundaries. So what am I talking about boundaries? Well, here's a few to help out. I am assertive. And assertive means professional. I'm not aggressive, which causes harm. So being assertive with those I'm with by reframing, catastrophizing, to visualizing balance and empowering self-control. Myself reflects for others to follow that behavior. 
-hmm. I demonstrate my respect for the difficult situation they find themselves in while defending my own safety and well-being. Mm -hmm. And that is your double-edged sword. That's the difficulty. That's the difficulty, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's something I've struggled with through my whole career and uh, is something that I'm very aware of. And so I have to be very intentional and deliberate about what certain boundaries mean to me and how I am able to communicate to my clients as well. Because it, it's very easy, I would imagine, to get involved in those emotional feelings that other people are having. And how are you going to then project a professional, uh, calm person <laughs> if you're being rattled by what's going on in the room? So, yeah. And, and of course, you need to keep yourself mentally and emotionally safe. I, I agree Well, exactly. And so some of those pieces, those new strategies for self-care, mm -hmm. it's tough to do. But I like the pregnant pause. I yeah. like of silence it helps me reframe and everybody sort of stares at you funny like why are you pausing but then they start reflecting on their own behaviors and mm -hmm. making demands or remaining silent when they really want to speak up mm -hmm. um, being able to project what happens next in the planning process is really important so to ask for more and better information or to request clarity particularly in email exchanges, that is a way to pause and recalibrate and to pull back into focus what the meeting is about and to help everyone breathe a little slower and take notes of where we are. If we're spinning our wheels, then harm is being done to someone. Right. Mm -hmm. Someone at the table is not feeling that anything's being accomplished or their voice isn't being heard or what they came for to this particular meeting isn't, isn't on the table anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's important to ask for more and better information. Another one is when we are working hard with families, we need to decide do we want to decline certain projects or instructions which make us feel uncomfortable or may lead us to being unprofessional? And mm. sometimes I've been in that spot. I've been in the circumstances. I remember one client, he was just really angry. It was like the wrong side of the bed from the beginning of our meeting. And I just knew I have to divert. I may just completely close down the meeting and change it, move on to a new direction. Mm -hmm. And he started threatening me and he was six foot two. And I stood up and I walked around my desk and I stood right beside him. And I said, the meeting is ended. We are not proceeding together. You will need to find a new advisor. And then I moved to the door and I held the door open and I stood there waiting for him. He started screaming and yelling at me again. And I just said, the meeting, I repeated myself, the meeting is over. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the more simple the mantra that you're going to repeat, the more they realize you're not engaging. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. you're instructing, and this is the way it's going to be. I'm in charge of this meeting. And this is what we both need right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 
Another example of that one is I will not step in the shoes of someone else's anxiety, nor accept an assignment which may lead to doing harm directly or indirectly to another individual. So I've had, I've had some clients say, well, all you have to do is this. Let's just do it this way. No, I won't do that. I'm not going to compromise my value system or my ethics. And being a lawyer, I have quite an oppressive list of, of code of ethics that I have to abide by. So mm -hmm. a tangent to that is to the best of my ability, I will not aggravate a poor situation. I will not stir up the past or send what may be interpreted as threatening communications. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so that's, that's reading your emails a couple of times and maybe doing a, an overnight pause before you send it, right? Exactly <laughs> correct. Exactly yeah. correct. Or yeah. if I have a different, a difficult conference call, I will make a clear list. And the list may have just three words on it. But it keeps me grounded. It keeps me focused because just like you, there are some moments where I can feel my emotions bubbling up, oh, but it's yeah. not the time or place. Yeah. 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 So, we have to stand outside of that anxiety, right? Um, some of the things that I work on myself is like a, about responding with grace so that I'm not harming the other person, but at the same time, that grace sort of protects me as well so i think some of the things that you've talked about would be really good for other professionals to consider how are they uh, working those boundaries how mm -hmm. clear are they because code of ethics are great code of ethics are great but sometimes there's a misunderstanding about what that is or where the boundary is with a code of ethics mm -hmm. right or with a particular mm -hmm. ethic that we all have to balance out for ourselves. But I think the important thing is, is not doing harm to someone else and not doing harm to ourselves. Oh, exactly. So I, this must be very fulfilling work, but it must be very challenging as well. And if there's something that you could ask another professional or even um, a family business, a, a, a family, mm -hmm. uh, like a person in a family business, what would you ask them to do? Or, do for us professionals so that we do feel fulfilled in offering advocacy work for them? Well, I have two ideas. One is to share with a colleague about being confident to change your mind. Okay. We may receive some very significant proposals, great ideas, challenging work, but if there is something in my mind that feels the proposal is off, it's, it's unprofessional for me to step into that project, or um, I'm concerned about um, my team that I work with. So if a situation unfolds in a way that's uncomfortable for me and I feel that my team is starting to ask some questions, I may request the opinion of an outside counsel or decline to participate further until a safety plan has been put into place. Good. That, that sounds by good. Expressing, yep, my concerns within the team, I'm surfacing those issues, which it turns out many others have the same concerns. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So someone has to speak up, right? Like everyone oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. needs to speak up. 
And that goes back to your first point about leading at a different level, right? You're leading this advocacy work. You're not in it. So I think exactly, that's really, exactly correct. That'll yep. be a, a great, I think, um, uh, mantra for people who work as professionals in advocating or as leadership coaches is that like, you do need to have the boundary that's got. And it's not so much about being superior or above, but you have to be at a different level so that you don't get stuck in the weeds. And mm -hmm. like I've said, in the anxiety of clients so that you can do your best work. And you were talking about that situation where you, you have to pause or you go outside or something like that. Mm -hmm. That is actually giving other people space mm -hmm. to process what they've been going through, perhaps in a very tough part of the meeting, so that they don't automatically respond in a way that's going to make them appear um, unprofessional. So it's oh, all about exactly. giving them another space, right? Yep. And when I'm, I used to be a social cultural anthropologist. Mm -hmm. And what's very exciting about that profession is that we are exploring and learning about but not imposing ourselves. Uh, yeah. So it's sort of like, I always felt I had a persona step outside of me mm -hmm. and I would check myself. How am I appearing? What am I saying? Are my words appropriate, gracious? Are there any biases that I'm stating? Am I overwelcome like I've, I've overstayed? There's so many questions that you have flooding in your mind. So a yeah. pregnant pause, as I call it, is invaluable to step out and just do a quick assessment. Are my words appropriate? Is my facial expression appropriate? Am I standing next to someone who has a higher respect in the family than I do? Am I competing with them? Is that a good place for me to be, right? Yeah. And so many times before I even start a meeting, I have a huge anthropologist <laughs> checklist in my mind to be able to go through some of these people. I am not a member of the families I work with yeah. and I will not impose on them my vision or judge them in any way. Mm -hmm. So it's a very important aspect of the work that I do that I honor the integrity of the families. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And along with that, is another piece and that is my evenings and weekends are my private time. And so I'm available early in the morning, but when I closed for the day, it's my time. That's my forest hikes or my <laughs> workout or, you know, yep. things That's like that. That's a good segue into every moment matters. So I wanted to ask you, um, you started to talk about what it, What's the other side to give you fulfillment? But could you uh, share a pivotal moment when you recognized what fulfillment looked like to you? I started my studies as a social cultural anthropologist. And I worked in forests as an archaeologist. I've worked in several places around the world. Um, and I have come to understand that my pivotal moments are truly a daily celebration. So I feel incredible joy when a coaching moment resonates with the client. I experience strength and renewed confidence 
when my family law clients realize that the deal we have been negotiating will be meaningful and durable for each of them, not just my client. Mm -hmm. I feel accomplished when I see the new spring shoots opening up in those gardens that I'm doing something right, <laughs> because that's a toughie for me. And I'm encouraged by a new exercise I may have learned and I begin to feel strength getting from those. And yeah. lastly, I'm honored and humbled when I receive a call from a new client, whether a business family seeking to partner with me or a young individual wanting to develop a cohabitation or marriage contract, mm -hmm. or even spouses flustered and worried and uncomfortable beginning a separation process. Mm, so these okay. feelings of joy and renewed confidence, strength, encouragement, honor, and humility are my moments of fulfillment. That sounds wonderful. Do you have those on a poster somewhere? <laughs> that sounds great. You should. Yeah. But, um, let um, our audience know how they can reach you. And what would you ask our audience to do as a call to action? If you know of people who seek a strong family advocate to help them negotiate their marriage contracts, cohabitation agreements, and yes, separation agreements in a collaborative out of court process, then please offer their name, offer them my name, and I would be happy to chat with them and see if I'm the best resource for them. Mm -hmm. And if you work with or are a member of a multi-generational business family who may benefit from better governance tools, who are stumped about how to welcome their next generation into the business, mm -hmm. who are looking and curious about effective consensual dispute resolution programs, and basically want help with challenges you fight arising from the relationship between the family members and their businesses, please connect with me. Mm -hmm. I can help. Mm -hmm. So for our audience, uh, I'll let you know that in the notes for the podcast and on YouTube, I will be adding Larissa's information, how you can get a hold of her. So you don't have to remember anything today. Uh, so um, I just want to ask Larissa, is there anything else before uh, we close our share today? Nope. This was a wonderful opportunity and I am so honored to meet you and share your special podcast with you, Executive Encore. It's been a real treat and a real pleasure. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. You've worked so hard to make this a special moment. So I want to thank you as well. Uh, so I want to close uh, with our audience by just expressing that you know, we all have decisions to make regarding how we're going to find fulfillment in our lives. Sometimes it's very pivotal or sometimes it can be pivotal within a day. Uh, you might be at a crossroads. Uh, we can all be awesome at any age. And I'd like to know what that looks like to you. So thank you to my audience and to Larissa's followers today. Join me each week as I interview women like Larissa and other thought leaders of any age about those crossroads and finding fulfillment and joy after 60. With luck, we all reach those crossroads. So don't think that you're too young to be on this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest, please reach out to me if you've got something to offer to my followers and people who view or, or actually mm -hmm. follow me on my website. My website is patriciamuir.com. It will be in the notes as well. Uh, please read the Encore Weekly blog 
at patriciamuir.com slash blog and subscribe to my weekly newsletter. There is a gift for you if you're subscribed, something very meaningful for you in looking at how you can find fulfillment in your work and your life. Sunday mornings are for self-care in my following. Uh, hundreds of women sit with their favorite uh, beverage to read my newsletter and my latest insights on fulfillment in life and work. I often refer to work like Larissa's insights because the choices that come from the mm -hmm. need for fulfillment as we reach those crosswords, it needs self-care. So thank you. Take care of yourself and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.